TalkLine Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community. Welcome to the podcast. Stay tuned. You're listening to TalkLine with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. And now, here's your host. Welcome back. To the program, I'm Zev Brenner. Very pleased to have with us right now is Rabbi Dr. Jack Cohn. Uh, he is internationally acclaimed dating and marriage coach. So, Shavuoto, thank you for joining us. It's my pleasure, Zev. How are you? Good, thank God. Thank God. So, tell me, what's going on? First of all, let's start with the singles. Why are there so many singles today? Why are they having trouble meeting? I know COVID didn't help things, but even before COVID, there was a should-have crisis. In your professional opinion, you've coaching people, you've helped people get married. What's going on from your perspective? A lot of people are being misdirected because of what, you know, there's a secular society out there that misleads them and they get off target. They don't have a clear focus of who they are and what they need. And as a result, they live in all, what we call Lama Dinyon, in the world of fantasy, trying to get something that's really not there, that doesn't really exist. You understand? They try to have a, have a, they have a mindset of trying to find something, someone that could have all these qualities, but that person is like a Chinese menu put together in their head. And as a result, they, they, they end up wasting time Instead of being realistic and understanding what their needs are, which simply comes down to, Zef, creating a top ten list, sitting down with someone like myself or a rabbi or a mentor and determining what you need, not what you want. Want are superficial, like money or how tall or color hair. Needs are midos. Uh, for example, is the guy generous? Does he have, um, you know, a, a desire to build a family? Does he have any issues of flexibility? Is a girl a, a balabusta? Is she interested in in taking care of the, uh, her children? Is she kind? Is she considerate? Is she a balat chesed? They're not looking for the right things, and as a result, they're wasting their time. And when they have so many online databases to look at, it becomes a problem of TMC. Way too much choice, and they can't figure it out, and they're stuck in confusion. But is it the problem of secular society? You hear stories of people saying, well, I won't go out with that person. He doesn't wear a black hat. Or this person wears this kind of a yarmulke, or whatever the situation might be. So it's nothing to do with secular society. It has to do with some of the values within our own community where we're limiting ourselves because of that. Now, there is some justification for that. If we're dealing with a 21-year-old girl and a 23-year-old boy, and there's... There's a very clear lane of where they believe they belong. As we get up there in 30, 35 category, you've got to now eliminate these uh, kipasruga versus black hat or, you know, maybe previously married. Certainly if a person is over 30, a girl over 30, she needs to entertain a guy who's been previously married. Oftentimes I show, I show girls, they, you know, resumes of guys who, uh, who have been previously married. No, it's not for me. Wasting decades of their life. It depends on how old they are. They can be far more, uh, let's put it, judicious when they're younger. But they, they have to expand those parameters as they get older. Otherwise, they're going to be waiting a long time on the sidelines. Now, 
from what I understand, some of the yeshivas have said if you marry somebody older than you, they're willing to make some concessions or willing to make some um, compromises for them. So is that something which you're seeing more of now? You're talking about the girl being older? Yes, exactly. I'll tell you that the younger guys are still not that comfortable with it. Only because, listen, because of the fact that it's, it's a societal thing that they're not used to. And most of the time, girls are far more mature than boys. So it's not something that I'm seeing a lot of, like a 21-year-old boy to a 23-year-old girl. But I am, if I have a client who's 29 or 30, such a, a man, I have no problem showing him a, da- a dating resume of a 32, 33-year-old. Again, the, the parameters get much wider as we get up with the older singles because we're trying to do whatever we can to lower the bar and get more gir- more people out there married. But what's the name and name of the game? Now, are you a fan of, of the resumes that are become popular? You have to have it today. That's the first entry point into the game. Meaning that unless I see you at a, at, at a Shabbaton or a singles event, I, I don't know anything about you. And so today we have a market which spans over many cities. So how am I supposed to, my, myself or any other shop, supposed to make an introduction on behalf of someone in L.A. Um, without really having a document? The document is your is like your currency. That is like that ticket that gets you into the stadium. Yes, I am to some extent, yeah, because that's the first opportunity to meet someone or to say, I, to tell your friend, you know what, I have this great guy, this great girl, let me just ship you the bio or the resume. It's certainly not a detractor, you understand? It doesn't do anything bad. If anything, it allows another an introduction to be facilitated more quickly and more efficiently. But you said before sometimes because of the secular society of putting the wrong emphasis on things wouldn't having That's a resume. I'm going to tell you the wrong emphasis is, for example, the, you know, disposable society, disposable everything. Uh, you know what? I'll tell you very interesting. Benzine Schaefer sent me a book this summer that he's interesting in publishing. He sent me the manuscript. Had a cute story in there. He was having dinner in a place called Doma, which is a steakhouse in the five towns. And he overhears a conversation taking place behind his table with three guys. And one guy is saying, telling his friends, you know what? I got married to my, to my first wife too late. As a result, my selection for my second time around is slimmer. That means he already went into the whole to the whole parsha with one foot out the door. What happened to the days when our, you know, our, our parents or even people that we, or ourselves, we work hard at something. But today, you know what? It's already, you're going with a mindset, if I don't like it, I'll exchange it. And that has permeated in every aspect of our living in terms of in everything we do. You know, you lost the sweater in camp, I'll replace it with Gap or whatever it is, you understand? So as a result... It's a mindset that I'm not in it, I'm not willing to work at it, and I'm not willing to do whatever it takes to keep it. So, and you, so you're torching on, on the divorce crisis, which might even be bigger than the shidduch crisis. So the point is, though, if the parents aren't teaching and the yeshivas aren't teaching, where are the young couples supposed to get the They're information? They're not getting it anywhere. People listen to me in seminaries in Israel, and many guys come out of the mirror, and the first stop, at least pre-corona, when they land the JFK, they come to my office to talk dating. 
minimally they may be getting five minutes with a, 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 a mentor or a mashkiach, but a lot of them are not getting the education. I mean, I did this, you have to understand something. I was trained as a physician, and that was to do surgery, and that's what I did. But I had a communal strive inside me that always wanted to help people. So I taught subjects like Mishnah Gemara to guys coming out of Israel. Many of them stayed after class and asked me questions about the girls that they wanted to go out with. And I answered the questions, and I read many articles on the subject. On my own, I went out there and lectured and did and created toolbox lectures. Hashem, I have close to 500 lectures on dating on Torah anytime. People should go on there and check out my, my lectures. I deal with everything. But yeah, unless a person takes a vested interest in looking for the wisdom, they're not getting it. And as a result, they're at a loss. And so you have wonderful people coming from good homes that don't have the skills or the toolbox in order to be able to live life and, 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 and act like menches, both men and women, in relationships and unfortunately find themselves in early divorces. Well, we live in a disposable society. If a problem arises, don't fix it, just change it. That's really what it boils down to in lots of cases, uh, where if they really put their minds to try to work it out, they can work it out. But if they don't, then that's why you have so many divorces, including in the firm community, for that reason. Right, but listen, there are no winners in divorces, as they say. There is a winner, the lawyer. It's easy to get married, but it's hell to get divorced. Right. And I have to deal with a lot of these ramifications from people who reach out to me. And what about the, the unfortunate korbanists like the kids who are, who are the consequences of these things? There's so much trauma. I, I happen, it's, very, it's very interesting. I happen to learn every morning whether the, uh, I, I teach in a couple, in a, uh, in a couple of yeshivas one of, where a shul is actually accomplished. One of them is with the divorced man. I feel sorry for the guy. Half second half of of Yom Tov, he went to Mexico for a for a trip to see if, you, if there's something out there, and then the other times of the uh, on this weekend he had to take these kids for Shabbos, and then who's going to take them? Sometimes they fight over who's going to you know watch the children. It's no picnic, it's no picnic at all. It's hell, you know. What I'm saying, unfortunately, unless it's a circumstance where you have true pathology or toxicity, or someone is tremendously abusive. And you need to get out of that relationship. But it, it, it isn't much better to learn how to find the right person, and then once you stay with the right, once you're there, how to keep that relationship. It, it requires education, but they're just not getting it. One of the things I'll tell you interestingly, I was a Talmud of Ravik de Miller since I was 12 years old, and I make it my life's work to disseminate a lot of his diamonds. One of them is the Ten Commandments of Marriage. A lot of the people who come to me. When they're single, and even when they're engaged, I give them classes individually on this, and I've done it for Torah anytime, again and again. Again, you can't lose when you're armed with the necessary tools to live and thrive. Now, should we also be doing, we don't do it, especially in the very firm community, especially at, 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 for older singles, shouldn't we have more social events? I know Ura has retreats for the singles committee, but shouldn't there be more events? All retreats, Zeb, are only limited to people who have never been married or engaged or anything. So it leaves a lot. Yes, we need more. We lost that segment to COVID. It's coming back, but I don't know how successful it is. I mean, I'm on many chats relating to dating, and they have, you know, online type of uh, events. Uh, to what extent that they're successful, I don't know. 
I just don't know. Well, uh, but we more face to face uh -huh. again. Face to face, I think it's uh, certainly there's something to be said for it. Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. They have these online meet and greet type of things. Uh, to tell you, to tell you the truth, I don't know how much you can get to learn someone on the phone. You know what I'm saying? You have to meet them. There. There's a whole thing to a face to face thing. The, the energy that comes across between both of you, um, the, obviously the chemistry, the attraction, intellectually, emotionally. Yes, we need more of them. Um, it's a challenging time in life between the pandemic and other factors. Rabbi Dr. Jack Hone is our guest, international dating and marriage coach. When we come back, we continue our conversation. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Talkline Radio and TV with Zeb Brenner is just phenomenal. Everybody concerned about the Jewish community should listen and watch. He has the best guests. He asks the most interesting questions. He's always so well prepared. It's talk radio and television from a Jewish point of view at its very best. To advertise on the Talkline Network and Talkline's email and social media blasts reaching over 70,000 people, please call 212-769-1925, extension 100. That's 212-769-1925, extension 100. Or email info at talklinenetwork.com. You're listening to Talk Line with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. And now, here's your host. Okay, we are looking at relationships and our guest for a little while longer is Rabbi Dr. Jack Cohen, international dating and marriage coach. And uh, he's worked both with singles as well as, well as with the divorced people. So, uh, Rabbi Dr. Jack Cohen, so what do you see as a mystery? How do, how do people get out of the rat race? How do they get out of the situation where they're having trouble getting married, whether they've been single or been divorced? A lot of it has to do with what kind of conversation they're conducting when they date. And that's critical. I see, I, I see a lot of people who just don't have the conversation down. And as a result, they don't know what to communicate and their communication is not effective and it's a dead end. Many, much of my work is to, is to help people become more effective communicators. Because if you, it comes down to whoever you end up having a great relationship with, Zev, it's because you were able to communicate with them in a way that allowed you to get closer to them and build a kesher. So you need to learn how to build a kesher to someone. And if you can't do that, it becomes a dead-end street. One of the things that I really focus on is I do dry-run practice dating with a lot of my clients. Today we could do it on Zoom and WhatsApp video worldwide. And when they have the right questions to ask, for example, I've created a PDF of 100 questions to ask. So you can get the talkless because every date that you go on should have a purpose and a plan. And, and if you have, you need help today. I wouldn't, I'll tell you something. You don't, you don't do this work because it pays a lot of money. I mean, you have to cover your expenses, but the kind of money that I did, made as a physician far strips what I do here. I do this because I love this. I want to help people get married. And a lot of the times that what I see in, and you do this 10, 11 hours a day, six days a week, you see patterns. One of the patterns is, if a person doesn't know how to communicate and what to speak about and what their goals are, then as a result, their efforts are really blindsided and they don't see success. 
But isn't sometimes where they go out too little, they really don't get to know each other and they get married? And you hear stories, I've heard stories of people on the wedding night, they got divorced or a couple of days later because they didn't really explore who they who they are and who they want to be with like, sufficiently. They didn't have enough advice or they don't know how to date, period. Right, exactly, which is why whether it's me or someone else, today there's never been a greater need for dating mentors. First of all, to help you create a top 10 list. Why? Because that flushes out who you are and you understand who you are and what your needs are. Just tonight, there was a 21-year-old girl that was sent to me by a Rosh Yeshiva because she was going out with one of his boys. And when I and I heard her out and I said, uh, they were complaining that she wasn't being deep enough. So I said to her, is he asking you questions? And he says, she said, no. So I shipped the Rosh Yeshiva, a P, the PDF. I said, have the boy study these questions. There's no way she's going to go out there and expose her vulnerability just without being asked questions. And they went out, and he didn't ask her any questions again. And I said, that it's just not for you. He's going a different angle. He's not making an effort to get to know you. And where you are, like, comfortable with yourself, because after I spoke with her, she she's a girl from the Beis Yaakov movement, but she enjoys this world. She wants to go to the Miami beaches, and she wants to go to L.A. or Israel, etc. And this guy is more of a balachuva who, to, who looked askance at her, you know, oh, you travel. You, this is so I said to her, I don't think this is a match for you. So this quickly ended, and it ended nicely after seven dates without any kind of, like, emotional trauma because we came to the conclusion, we explained to her who she is and what she should be looking for, and when the other person wasn't coming across getting to getting to know her and ask her questions, it's not for her. Because the man, I have to explain something to you, it's very important. The man must be the mashpia. The man must be the giver. He has to lead. He has to be the one to give the warmth, the affection. He has to direct. He may not be the, the, the most savviest or the most, you know, out there personality, but he has to lead. If he's not going to lead and drive the car, it's a problem. So I go back to what I said earlier. If, yeah. if it's not something which you just all of a sudden wake up when, okay, I'm ready, I'm in the Parsha. No, no. And, and you say, okay, I'm ready. It, it doesn't work that way. By the way, right. j j just a quick joke. In the in two weeks portion, they say, Rivka says to her father, Daddy, I want to get yeah. married. And Terach goes, you're only three years old. Rivka, why do you want to get married? Because I'm in the Parsha. So, <laughs> so people may be in the Parsha, but they don't know what to do. They may act yeah. like a three-year-old. Right, yeah. Knowledge is powerful. And if you like it, you really have a loss. It's, it's why you to contact me. Okay. <laughs> I'll help them. Okay, I know you coach them, but what I'm saying to you is is maybe we should also be coaching the parents and also coaching the yeshivas how to train the, the boys and girls how to date and what to look for in marriage. The problem is they don't give they give it short short shrift. That's the problem. It's not important. I have to spend three, four hours of learning, and this doesn't get any time whatsoever until there's a crash in the guy's personal life. Certainly, a, certainly a big issue. Um, and do you find that sometimes people go out on too few dates before they get engaged? I don't allow that. I would never allow that because it's just too. It happens, but none. Thank God, not under my watch. It's just way too dangerous today. About how, yeah. many, how many dates should one go out? And again, it's hard it's not to get. a specific number, but anything from um, 10 to 16. You want to hit double digits at least. You want to ensure that you've seen them in every different type of 
environment and situation. And that's why one of the most critical things you need to do in dating is to vary the dates. Some dates are romantic dinners. Other dates are walk under the Brooklyn Bridge. Another one is a paint night. Another one is a arcade night. Another one is a chesed together. See them in different from different vantage points because you never know what you might learn in a different environment. That might either help the relationship or give you an indication that it's not for you. Now, what about the role of parents? Because sometimes you, they also have an important say in lives, and you have occasions where people get married and the parents meddle in the children law, which could lead to divorce. Yes. The problem is like this. Too many parents want to live their dreams through their children and can mess their kids' lives up terribly. And as a result, I had a girl come in here whose father is a very prominent architect. And he already had a determination for her what last names he was interested in. So even if I showed him resumes of solid guys from solid backgrounds doing well, no, they didn't fit his criteria socially. So oftentimes they destroy their kids' lives because they want to live their dreams through them or they want to, they see their children as nothing but a, as a ladder for social, socially, social mobility. They should be involved to some extent, but they have to be cautious not to try to make this a personal agenda. I guess easier said, easier said than done, right? Absolutely. And now, can can a prescription for a good marriage be between somebody who is a lot more religious and somebody who's maybe a, a Baal or Baal's chuver or returning to Judaism may not be as knowledgeable? Is how compatible does one have to do? Opposites attract, or do or do or do we allow it has to be as similar as possible? Opposites attract in terms of personality, meaning that I I have a rule. In terms of matching people up with their personalities, I don't want to put two pussy cats together and no two tigers. I want one tiger and one pussy cat. It's not relevant to which one is the man or the woman. It could be either. But when it comes to religion, no. I have a rule. I've always told I want them to be somewhat compatible where the girl even is a little bit more than the guy. But there can't be a wide divide. A woman comes up to, I'll give you an example. I'm dealing with a shalom bias issue in Las Vegas. With a, with a woman herself, she's in her 40s, a prominent banker. Okay. She walks three miles to get to the, to the Orthodox Kolel Minion there. Her husband, not interested whatsoever. So he, he just gets into his car after watching TV at 11 o'clock and shows up for the Kiddush Shabbos morning. You can't imagine the horrible Shalom Bayes problems they're having in this house to the point where they're just recently separated. It just doesn't work. You have to have a religious compatibility. Like I said, even if the woman's a drop more, it's also good. But you have, if you have a wide divide, it's just not, it's, it's not, it's a no-go. But that's, that's. I have had, had, uh-huh. had this, again, I'm just, sorry to cut you off. 38-year-old woman living in Florida, uh, from Chicago originally, and this past summer went back to Chicago to date. She's dating a doctor. She's modern orthodox, but he's not interested in anything whatsoever religiously. And I said to her, Michal, you're wasting your time. It's not going to go anywhere. Because when you start talking to them minimally, like, what makes us unique as Jews? Torah and mitzvot, right? Keeping Shabbat and all that beauty. If it means nothing to him, what what connection? A lot of what we, who we are and we forge our bonds with others is because of, I'll see you on Yom Tov or Shabbos, I'm coming over or something like that. It's not relevant, you know, it's not important to him. So there's, it's going to be very difficult creating a Kesher. 
Certainly is. Rabbi Dr. Jack Cohen, I want to thank you for being here with us. If people want to learn more, they want to contact you, how can they do so? Oh, in so many ways. They can call me or text me or WhatsApp me to my phone, 305-206-1916. I see people in my beautiful office that I just built out in Flappish where I live. Um, Or they can email me, Dr. Jack Cohen, 18 at gmail.com, D-R-J-A-C-K-C-O-H-E-N-1-8 at gmail.com. I just I want to put it out there. Though I live in New York, I have a Florida number because I taught at University of Miami for Isha Torah and Osameh for seven years, this kind of stuff. And so when I came, when I moved back, and I moved back specifically, Zaf, to ensure that my girls would have good Shadduchim and they got great Shadduchim, but I didn't want to remove my number because I had so many students who would need to contact me, so... And the way the things story. are going, people are moving from New York to Florida, so you can be in both places. Yes. Right? Yes. I heard yes. so many cases of people moving to Miami and other parts of Florida. It seems to be the popular flavor of the moment. But yes, it is. Why don't you give your phone number one more time? I'm sorry, my phone number? Sure, one more time, yes. My phone number is 305-206-1916. Again, if you need help in dating Shalom Bias. Regardless of how old you are, I've done Shaduchim from 18 to 75, even 80. Uh, you can contact me from anywhere in the world because today it's, we're really a, a small global village. So, and I'll help you, whether it's to train you, write a resume for you, top 10 list, get you matched up, 305-206-1916. Call me. If you don't get me, WhatsApp me or text me and I'll gladly get back to you. Rabbi Dr. Jack Cohn, international dating and marriage coach, thank you for being here with us. It's an honor to be here, Zach. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for listening. For continuous Jewish programs, hawklinenetwork.com or our 24-hour-a-day listen line at 641-741-0389. For past shows, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, YouTube, Instagram, and all major podcast platforms, or jewishpodcast.org. Thanks for listening to the TalkLineNetwork.com. TalkLine Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community.